We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The next biggest topic that we've got is right at the start of rapid fire. Let's do it, baby. Are you ready? The time? Let's go. You never know. I know let's we're getting go. into the, the green area, so let's go, baby. You've rapid never fire. been in the green area. Let's go. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Tom Noy last week, when I had Tom on the show, Tom was the first co-host type person to resist the transition to what? rapid fire. Yeah, he wanted to keep just talking basketball. And I'm like, come on, Tom, we can talk. <laughs> Still going to get some basketball topics in here. Oh, that's rapid great. Fire. So Drew Pine announced today he's transferring to Arizona State. He's going to play for new head coach Kenny Dillingham, former Oregon offensive coordinator. So here are a couple things Pete Thamel okay. from ESPN.com had to say about Pine going to ASU. Pine felt the momentum building within the program. The addition of Pine marks the 26th new recruiter transfer brought in since Dillingham's hire in late November. Pine left Tempe wanting to be part of that program's building something. While ASU needed to reload on the offensive line, it's arguable that none of the individual commitments were bigger than Pine. So part one, Drew Pine, big commit for the Arizona State. Good for program. him. Part two, Pine impressed the Arizona State staff with his productivity in a pro-style system that's generally conservative and lack dynamic weapons. As tight end Michael Mayer was Notre Dame's top pass game threat, Pine showed toughness in both his ability to create plays and take hits. While Pine isn't physically imposing at six foot, 205 pounds, he showed the ability to stay healthy and absorb hits without getting injured. Also took care of the ball, showed quick twitch on his throws and the ability to deliver from different platforms. Go Vince. <laughs> okay. The first part about him being the top recruit or whatever to go to Arizona state. I, I say good for Drew Pine. The reason he left is he wants to be the man and going to Arizona state. Apparently, they're promising that he's going to be the man. So, awesome. I'm glad for him that he gets to be the man. That's what he wanted. He wanted some love. He's going to get the love down in Arizona State. So, that's awesome. Good for him. 
As far as the hold it, hold it. Let me just let me just kind of go ahead. Go ahead on that. Boston College was, you know, they thought they had the next Joe Montana when they got Phil Dracovic sure. a couple of years ago, right? And like looking at, you know, like Arizona State needs to build it, you know, like rebuild its offensive line. They're kind of saying there, you know, six foot two hundred and five pounds. Drew Pine did not have to take that many hits. Correct. Like when he talks I, about these hits and absorb the hits and all this kind of stuff, he had a really good offensive line yes. in front of him. Yes. And now, you know, Phil Jerkovic found out what it was like to play behind a bad offensive line. And I hope for Drew Pine's sake that he doesn't have to go through that same thing at Arizona State. Look, it's a complete rebuild at Arizona State. Yeah. He thinks he's going to go there and play behind a line like he had at Notre Dame. He, he I got to think that Drew Pine's not that dumb. Just just put put it real plainly. I got to think that he realizes it's not going to be the same. And if he doesn't, then that's a major major problem. So I'm glad that he's going to be the man. If he thinks he's going to be the man, he's going to have 3 years of eligibility left. So he's going to have time to, you know, build something up at Arizona State. So that's great. All the things that Thamel said about him being at Notre Dame. I mean, I guess you could extrapolate some some of what you watched and say those things, but that's not what I would say about Drew Pine. I just wouldn't. I mean, can he throw off platform? Sure. Does he have a quick trigger? A couple times. Sure. You know, can he take hits? Yeah, he's taking some hits. Okay, fine, but he didn't take that many. Uh, what was the other, what were the other things that he said, um, about him? What am I missing? Ability to stay healthy, absorb hits yeah. without getting injured, took yeah. care of the ball, showed quick twitch on his throws, ability to deliver off a different okay. platform. All those things are true. Nothing about decision-making in there. Uh, you know, see, that's the, you know, like the, he blamed, he blamed whatever, limitations drew pine appears to have right now on the conservative nature of the offense now was the offense relatively conservative sure they ran the ball a lot could you argue that it was in part you know and i'm, I'm not using this as as an excuse for tommy reese but again this was the backup quarterback coming Correct. into the season could you argue that it was conservative in part to protect a quarterback yes. who was a liability in different areas We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First of all, and absolutely, first of all, no question about it. But there were also, you know, talking about not having playmakers and all these different things. There were plenty of times where his playmakers were wide open and throwing the ball. Okay. So that's part of it too, where he was force feeding it into Michael Mayer, who, because Michael Mayer is as good as he is, should be the Mackey Award winner, was able to make plays, right? So you can't say that he's the only playmaker he had. You were force feeding the ball to him when you had guys that were, he was triple covered, sometimes quadruple covered. And you're still trying to fit the ball into him. Simple math. Somebody else is wide open. And a lot of times. Braden Lindsay would like a word right now. Braden's not going to call his quarterback out in public, but Braden Lindsay would like a word, you know, like absolutely. That guy should have had double the production that he had. At least. And that fan in the stands who got that, you know, what should have been an easy touchdown pass against Stanford, you know, walked out of there. I think the net might have actually kept it out. But you know what I'm saying. It's I like, 100% know what you're saying. Come yes. on. Yes. So, yeah. you know, they he, I feel like Pete Thamel kind of cherry picked some of the things that Drew Pine does well and, and that and left it at that. There was no true criticism there. And maybe that's not what Look, the point of the article was. That's he's a good fine. kid, hard worker, all that Absolutely. kind of stuff. I still don't like the way, as you said, the way he left the team. Right. There are liabilities with this kid. And I feel like because of the, the one loss record that he had, it it does, you know, especially now when you're looking back on the season and all you're going to do is look at a stat line and a stat line, you don't see the things you're talking about, like receivers he should have thrown to when he chose to throw to a double-covered Michael Mayer or when he overthrows an easy post for an easy surefire touchdown to Braden Lindsay, or, you know, again, other times where he doesn't throw to a wide open Braden Lindsay or whoever it happens to be, or he throws the ball in the ground at the feet of these guys and, you know, or, or overthrows some of these guys. There, there were a lot of that. Now do, do other quarterbacks do that? Sure they do. But, but I guess my point is the fact that he has an eight and two record and he did it for Notre Dame, Right. Kind of elevates his status in this whole thing. It makes him him a prize for somebody else to get now. No doubt. No doubt. And and Wayne Miller says, is not throwing deep a quarterback thing or a Notre Dame thing. Book wouldn't throw deep either. Well, it can't be a Notre Dame thing if there's plays called where guys are running wide open deep. So process of elimination for me says it's a quarterback thing. Now, you could say it's a development thing. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you on that front. And so if you want to say that a development thing is a Notre Dame thing, you kind of it's a cyclical argument, I guess. But Tommy Reese isn't calling plays where there's guys running wide open deep that aren't being thrown to if it's a Notre Dame thing. That's that's my take on this. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. No, uh, I mean, Tommy, you know, I don't think those guys through deep. Can you argue that some of it is a Notre Dame thing? Because, you know, Reese was obviously here connected to Brian Kelly. So much of, of that connection was about don't make mistakes, sure. you know, like, like make basically make the layups, you know, 
that right. kind of thing. But at the same time, there were times they tried to throw deep. They, you know, they they didn't necessarily connect on them. You know, they were just off on right. a couple. I, right. I, I still think it's it's more about the guy just not making reads mm-hmm. that he should have made. And I think there was some of that with Ian Book as well. For sure. Absolutely. Yep. So I think it's more of a quarterback thing. Yeah. Uh, but again, you could say development, and that's fine. Again, I'm not going to argue with you on that, but I just wanted to bring that one up. Glad you did. Uh, Matt says, I think Notre Dame is going to regret letting Drew transfer. It was his first year as a starter. I thought he did amazing. Arizona State getting a steal. He is going to thrive there. Maybe he will. And that's, you know, this will kind of be a test. You know, again, he's not going to have as good an offensive line, but he's going to go play for a coach with a more open system than he's played for here. You know, again, like, how much of what he played with here was due to himself, you know, again, and and whatever liabilities that he had. How much were they, you know, trying to kind of cover some of that stuff? Sure. Um, regret letting him transfer. I guess the problem I have with that is they didn't want him to transfer. They wanted him to stay yeah. and compete for the job. Yes. He didn't want to compete for the job knowing that they were going to bring in a transfer quarterback. Correct. So. It's not that they let him transfer. It's that he bolted right away. Yes, that is. They wanted to keep him. And, you know, are they going to regret it from a depth standpoint? Maybe. Um, And I I could make that argument. I have no problem with that. I anticipated that Drew was going to transfer after the bowl game. I did. I anticipated that. Because if you bring in a transfer quarterback, you've got Tyler Buckner competing for it. You know, that's two guys right there who I think would be better than Drew Pine to begin with. because. Guess what? It wasn't a competition in the preseason. Yes, it was a competition. It was over pretty fast. Okay, Tyler Buckner is a better quarterback than Drew Pine. It just is. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry that people don't think that, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But that is not what I saw on a daily basis when we were there at practice. Yeah. And so he didn't want to compete for it. He wanted to be named the starter. Okay, then you have to go. And that's fine. That's that's what it's, they it's have. one thing if he played perfect he was a 75 percent passer all along right. and he didn't do some of these things that were pointing out that were easy throws that should have been made you know i mean he didn't and play like, amazing i mean yeah. I, I i don't want to disagree with matt i'm mad i'm not this isn't he an played, attack he on played you well but he leaned on and the 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 staff leaned on a really good offensive line that it right. turned out to be that that wasn't playing that way when buckner was there as well as that running game that averaged yes. over 200 yards for a good chunk Absolutely. of the season. And look, I, I think that Drew Pine is a decent quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback. When he was recruited at Notre Dame, I didn't think that he would ever really be a legitimate starter at Notre Dame. He was because of injury, but that's what a backup quarterback does. I thought he did his job. He did yeah. his job. He was a backup quarterback. He got him to eight and two when he started. Hey, I appreciate Drew Pine and what he was able to do at Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. But I don't regret him leaving from a, I think he compete and be the starter. I just don't think he can. I'm sorry. Yeah. As you know, Jason just pointed out there, Kaiser threw it deep. And Brandon Wimbush actually threw it deep. You know, like remember the pass to Chris Fink in the sure. in the win over Michigan. Like, but those guys had bigger arms. And I think absolutely that 
plays into it as well. Neither Book right. nor Drew Pine had the arm strength that those guys and, have. And that's, that's part of your decision on whether or not you're going to try to throw deep more often. Now, if right. you have a wide open guy, you should be throwing to him. But and, again, there were times that he didn't do that. Listen, and I wish him nothing but the best. I hope that he is super successful and he quote unquote balls out at Arizona state. That's what somebody said. Okay. Awesome. I hope he does for him because I think he's a good kid and I want him to have success and all of those different things. And so let's see what happens down there behind a line. That's going to be completely pieced together and it's a complete rebuild at Arizona state. Yep. I don't think that Notre Dame is going to be competing with Arizona state for a playoff position. Just saying. Well, you never it know. Is the pack, it is the back 12. It is so, the back 12, but you know, yeah. still think that they're probably a middle of the road, if not the bottom echelon of the Pac 12. Yeah. I think Ed said it just right. Tyler Buckner may never work out, but Drew Pine was still not going to cut it. We could win 10 games with Drew, but we'd never win a title Agreed. with Drew. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that Tyler Buckner is going to be that guy. He may never work out, just as, as Ed 3 has to say there. I completely agree with that statement. Drew Pine wasn't going to take in, you there. In a year or two, you know, like Pine easily could have had a season like Jack Cohn had, right? But that was still not, to Ed's point, that was not a national championship quarterback that you were right. going to have, even right. if you, you even if you clean some of that up in a couple of years. Yep, agreed. And then Wayne just says, my wife and I are both Arizona State alums. Can't believe I have to chew. <laughs> Did Pine graduate? No. I don't think he, so. Uh, he is not He is not leaving Notre Dame with his degree. So that's that's kind of a downfall, too. It's like you're, you're here for, what is it now? Is it three years or two and a half years? And, you know, your Notre Dame dream and all that stuff. And now you're going to get an Arizona State degree instead yeah, that's rough i'm it sorry is. no offense yeah, and i don't arizona want to back on arizona alums. state degrees but it's just comparing just notre dame and arizona state i mean come on yeah okay vince new subject okay this is rapid fire <laughs> we could we could talk for days on yes this. notre dame handed out its season ending echoes awards at the end of yes last i saw week. that J.D. Bertrand, Defensive Player of the Year. Isaiah Foskey, Defensive Lineman of the Year. Prince Kali, Special Teams Player of the Year. Michael Mayer got Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. Jarrett Patterson, Offensive Lineman of the Year. Bo Bauer got the Father Lance Iron Cross Award. Jack Kaiser got the Student Athlete Award. Josh Lug got the uh, Father Ted Man of the Year Award. Avery Davis, the Nick Petrosani Award, and a couple of other guys. Uh, Sam Asaf and Marty Auer got the Scout Team Player of the Year award. So, in terms of the awards for for their play on the yeah. field, you know, not these not these other awards that we don't really know what go into them. Any any issue with them? What do you, what do you think about who got what awards for Notre Dame and and potentially who didn't, depending on your opinion? I think you could make a strong case for John Sott for Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with Prince Collie. I, you know, some of these awards though, you know, cause John Sott's on his way out. Obviously he only had one year of eligibility to my knowledge. And so he's on his way out. So some of these are like, Hey, we see you. We're excited about your future. Here's an award. Right. You know, I, I feel like 
Maybe that's why Prince Kali got the special teams player of the year award. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, JD Bertrand getting defensive player of the year. I don't know that I would have gone that route. Uh, I think that maybe that could have been a Benjamin Morrison uh, potential award there. I understand it. I don't know that I agree with it, if that makes a lot of sense. As far as Isaiah Foskey, yep. Michael Mayer, yep. Patterson, sure. Uh, the other ones, you know, the student athlete, Kaiser's a really good uh, uh, student. So I have no problem with that. That has nothing to do with your play on the field. And then the other ones, Bauer and Lug and Davis, those are all kind of non-football-ish awards, right? And so I have no problem with those. I think, you know, man of the year for Josh Lug, I think that's accurate. I think he's there's not many guys that have, you know, put – as much on the line as he has over the last, you know, six years. So totally fine with that. I'm fine with all of those other ones. So those would be the only ones I have an issue with, with the awards that they actually handed out. I would be interested if Drew Pine had stuck around. Yes. Like what he might have, like, would he have received offensive player of the year and Michael Mayer got MVP in that case? You're not going to give one of these awards to a guy who bolted from the team. Not even on the roster anymore. Yeah. He's not... He is an afterthought, rightfully so. He said he was leaving. I have no problem with that. You know, uh, you, you. I'm not going to steal your thunder here because you did write it in the show prep about, <laughs> you know, is there something missing like a next man in? I feel like that would have been the perfect. Well, like they used to have Pine. next man in. And that's they, what I okay. want, you know, like, and then yeah. like Pine could have. Yeah, that would have been as well. yeah. perfect for him. I, I would have had an issue with him as the offensive player of the year, if I'm being honest with well, you. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like I'm not saying that he would have, sure. but. I, I wonder had he stuck around what he would have. Yeah. Like would, yeah. Well, like was really, there's probably not another next man in type of word to be had on this yeah. team. Right. Cause like I'm thinking of other, you know, potential next man in type guys. So if you think about, you know, the guys that went out with season ending injuries, right. Avery Davis, did somebody step in for him specifically? No, not really. You know, and then you had Tyler Buckner. He had a season ending injury. Bo Bauer had a season ending injury. There wasn't like one guy that stood in for those guys, but there was for Tyler Buckner. So I think yeah. next man in, I think they just deleted the award at that point. I think he was probably going to get it. Probably. They just, yeah. they just deleted it because he's no longer part of the team. Yeah, exactly. I like the Bertrand, you know, I, I guess I was a little surprised defensive player of the year. You know, he ended up like his tackles weren't what they were. Right. Last year, it'd be one thing if he had another 100 tackle season. But when you have a guy like Benjamin Morrison, especially as a freshman, have the kind of season yeah. that he had. You know, again, I've got no problem with JD Bertrand and his leadership and what he does in the community and you know, right. class and like all this different stuff. I mean, he's he's a great guy, and you know, he's like a Notre Dame man. I've got no problem with all that, but I I, I do feel like you know. His, de- his defensive coordinator likes him a lot, and I'm sure that that played into that. <laughs> no doubt about that. And, and no you know, what? I mean, it's not a bad thing that his defensive coordinator likes him a lot. But sure. I just, you know, again, like if you weigh it, you know, maybe Isaiah Foskey would have been the other guy to, you know, like in their eyes to even get defensive player of the year. But because you can give a defensive lineman of the year, he gets that. They do tend to spread these awards out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, so that like, no one's going to get multiple awards, but 
the other one maybe that surprised me a little bit, and I understand, again, for how long he's been here, and he was a really good offensive lineman, that Patterson ends up with the offensive lineman of the year when you've got a guy like Alt who's <laughs> on more All-American right. teams than Jarrett Patterson. It, it almost felt like a, uh, you know, a legacy award, you know, if you will, like a career award as opposed to, you know, a one-year award because there's going to be a lot of awards out there for Joe Alt and probably Fisher next year, I would think. I would hope, but we'll see. Yeah. Fill in the blank, Vince. It's blank that Notre Dame women's basketball picked up a second win over a top 10 ranked team with Sunday's 63-52 win over number six Virginia Tech. Is it wrong to say expected? Like I, I, when I watched Notre Dame women play and I've watched a lot of their games, I expect them to win. When I, when I flipped on the Virginia Tech game, they were down. Uh, and it was the first half, I believe, but they were down a decent chunk, right? And they kind of had to slowly call their way back in. And then I went out and worked on the lights for a little while. And then I came back in and they had a dominating lead down the stretch. I was like, okay, that's more like it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I expect. That's what I anticipate right now. That's where this program has gotten itself back to. And it's exciting. Like, I know you get to see them on a regular basis. You get to travel with them and you see them more than I do. But for me as a fan, it's kind of where I expect Notre Dame basketball to be right now on the women's side. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the line that I'm going down is where this program is right now. It is back on the rise with a bullet right now. And it's, it's only number five in the rankings, you know, quote unquote, only a, a third straight <laughs> week. They're number five. And it's because all four teams in front of them keep winning as well. You've got sure. South Carolina, you've got Stanford, Ohio State and uh, Indiana and three of those teams are unbeaten and Stanford's only loss is to South Carolina by two points, you know, so it's like Notre Dame's, you know, just just kind of sitting there nudging right now. Now Ohio State and Indiana are going to play each other at some point, but the bigger point is in Neil Ivey's first season, and I don't, I don't know if you remember this. Like oh. they would just, they would, they would get to the fourth quarter. They'd be in there, and then things would unravel. And you know, they, they, they couldn't win the fourth quarter last year. They got a little bit better at that. And now this year, you know, UConn made a big run back at Notre Dame in the third quarter. Notre Dame holds them off in the fourth quarter, pulls away for the victory. This game was tied at halftime. They started off shooting horribly, hmm. and they came out. Third quarter, Virginia Tech, Georgia Amor, you know, their point guard starts bombing some three-pointers, and it's like, man, is this game going to roll back the other way? Here comes Olivia Miles in the fourth quarter. Olivia Miles and company, huge game by her, huge game by Lauren Ebo, huge game by Maddie Westbelt, huge game by Dara Mabry as well, because Dara Mabry, her game is not necessarily defense. She had the best plus-minus on the floor, playing on her old home floor. You know, she yeah. transferred from... Virginia Tech, and it's just such a different mindset this team has right now. And to pick yes. up a second win over a top 10 team, you've beaten UConn. Now you go on the road and you beat another top 10 team. And they're going to have more battles like this coming up this season because there are two other teams in the ACC ranked in the top 10 right now. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. They, they, they've, they've got a different kind of resolve right now. Yes, it's, it's really fun to see that kind of stuff when crunch time comes around. And they play that way. They just play with like a confident chip on their shoulder. And that's, 
that's what I like to watch, man. I, I like when a confident team hits the floor and they they expect to win, and that's what this team is. It's basketball, Tommy. It's basketball. <laughs> Tommy's not a fan. It's okay. Uh, yeah, you know, and and Koff says, you know, they'd be undefeated if they'd hit a layup in the Maryland game. You know, you're right about that. They did miss some shots against Maryland, but Maryland beat UConn as well. Maryland's in the top 15 right now, so you got a two point loss on a buzzer beater to another really good team. So, right, live and learn. They got, I think they got, they got better. And they just beat the number six team in the country. So, I mean, they're they're racking up top five wins, top six wins, top ten. And by the way. Virginia Tech center Elizabeth Kitley, the the reigning ACC Player of the Year, she had 16 points and 20 rebounds in that game. And I said this afterwards. Michaela Mabry, the Irish assistant, was on with me afterwards. I said, I ne- if you would have told me she was going to have a line like that, I would never see a path to Notre Dame, you know, winning this game. But there you were because they did enough, especially late in the game with her offensively. They forced her out of the paint, didn't let her get easy shots. They limited the touches that she got and did it with defense. Yeah. It was it's always a lot of fun when you can go on the road and there's all kinds of, you know, like crowd around you and all, all that, that kind of stuff. And then they are very quiet at the end. They're <laughs> leaving it. for the exits. With Love it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, fill in the blank. It's blank that the NCAA has granted Oregon tight end um, Cam McCormick a ninth season of eligibility. After redshirting as a freshman in 2016, McCormick played in 2017 when he suffered four straight season-ending injuries from 2018 to 2021 after that. Ridiculous. At some point, it's time to hang it up, all right? The whole you have five to play four, uh, that's what it needs to be. And you get one. You're going to get almost twice that now. You get <laughs> one extra year for a season-ending injury. One. How in the world this kid keeps getting more eligibility is absolutely beyond me. And it has nothing to do with the kid. I have no problem with the kid. I don't know the kid. That's fine. I'd keep I'd keep asking for it, too. Yeah. Gonna, he could legitimately be a doctor when he's done he's been in school for so long nine years nine years college nine nine years wow <laughs> he could have two and <laughs> a half degrees by you say you could get three degrees in nine Jeez. years i mean 
If they, you can be you know, a doctor. That, you can graduate from med school after nine years. It would not years. be a degree that you wouldn't have by the time nine years is up. But I mean, like, you go from not even legal drinking age, he's going to be almost 30 by the time he's done if he sticks the whole thing out. Nuts. I just wish that there were consistency because yes. there, are, there are men and women being denied a sixth year of eligibility, Correct. and this guy is getting nine. I, I just... I don't know how the NCAA can justify this. You know, no ill will against him. Like you said, get what you can get. If they're going to give it to you, take take it it and keep on going. But there are plenty of other people who have been in the same situation who have been denied even a sixth year, let alone a seventh, eighth or ninth. And that's it's just typical NCAA BS. I just give us some consistency at some point, NCAA, at some point. Yes, correct. Okay, so after the Colts blew a 33 to nothing lead to the Vikings, did Jeff Saturday blow his chance to become the Colts' full-time head coach, Vince? I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, obviously. We don't know if he's been promised the head coaching job next year, regardless of how things go. But I'm sorry, you, you cannot blow a 33-point lead. Put a knee on it the rest of the game, for God's sakes. Like, how do you blow a 5 possession game like i'm sorry i don't care who i don't care who you're playing you have a 33 point lead we were sitting here and you know i flipped the game on and i couldn't see the score at the bottom because there was like some glare coming in from the window at the bottom of the screen so i didn't see the score and it was just kind of on there and my wife was in the room and she goes weren't the colts bad like like is this new head coach pretty good and i'm like what are you talking about she's it's 33 to nothing. And I'm like, yeah. what? They're winning 33 to nothing. And so then, you know, it's uh, I got to go to to Blacksburg. And we flew out there. By the time we got to Blacksburg, it was all said and done. Everything had evaporated. And they end up losing the game. They had a chance. Jeff Saturday, I, I guess I should say, had a chance to put the Colts up by two scores with a little over two and a half minutes to play. They've got the ball at the Vikings 36-yard line. He could have kicked a field goal. Now, it would have been a relatively long 53-yard field goal, but their kicker had hit a 52-yarder earlier in the game, so it's you know it's right in his range still. It would have put him up by 11, but instead they go for it on fourth and one. Quarterback sneak, they get stuffed, and afterwards he's like, oh, we, we, we had a good look. I feel, I feel good about it. This is the second time they have lost a game like this where he could have kicked a field goal but he decided to go for it instead and they get stuffed. And his only response is, Oh, I feel like we had a a good look you know, it was the right thing to do. And in the situation, he's proving that every with, with every game that he has no business being in the NFL, the Colts need to clear house. They need to get rid of everybody, you know, on that coaching staff and just start over because it's not working. You know, Saturday at times seems like maybe he's kind of reinvigorated things. But, I mean, look at the fact they blew a 33 to nothing lead in this game. They they gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter a couple of games to go to the Dallas Cowboys. It's like 33 is not their number. And, by the way, I saw somebody tweet this. Frank Reich no longer has the greatest comeback in NFL history because the Colts fired him and the guy they replaced him with Blew an even bigger league lead than Reich overcame in the 1993 playoffs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I saw that tweet as well. I was just like full circle on that one. Yep. 
full circle, full, full circle karma comes right back mm. around. All right, Vince. Well, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Is that it? Are we done? We are. All right. All right. If you insist. I think we covered quite a bit. I was, I've been kind of keeping my eye on the chat. I didn't see any um, new questions pop in. So I think that's it. Of course, we've got the show tomorrow. Jesse and I will be here Wednesday. All kinds of special programming going on all day long on right. signing day. And then it'll be interesting. Night. Yeah, yep. I, so I believe you and I are going to have a show uh, we on Wednesday night. Well, we'll do our mailbag show, and I'm sure it'll be very recruit recruiting, you know, centrified. We'll do the best we can yep. from a recruiting standpoint. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Stay sane, stay as level headed as you can. <laughs> we'll see what happens then. Yep. All right. Thanks for stopping in today. Hit the like button on your way out if you haven't already. We appreciate you. Subscribe, rate, and review. All that great stuff as well. We will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports Talk.